Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Coley. Welcome to the SVU Coven podcast, Little Witch Detectives. Hi. Hi. So can you hear any echoing? No. Okay. Um, I guess we will just record this way, and then I will figure out the echoing later. Okay. <laughs> oh, we could make a whole episode of just us figuring out tech stuff. Pretty much. Because <laughs> there's so many clips saved of us being like, it's not working, it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, anyway, we've made it somehow. We did it. We did it. After so many reschedules and getting here, we are finally here. Yes. Thank goodness. Um, I guess that leads me into our witch talk. Yeah. So this is the uh, corner of the intro of our show where we catch you guys up on what we've been doing. Uh, it's a little redundant because Coley and I talk pretty much every day, so we already know, but we wanted to get you guys in the loop, you know? Yeah. So um, we kind of took an impromptu hiatus for the past month, and it was mostly because of me, because I've been incredibly busy and just like doing a bunch of stuff because January to March is birthday season in my family. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just have had so many like birthday things every weekend because my best friend Sabrina's birthday, my brother's birthday, my new boyfriend's birthday. So it's just been like back to back to back to back. Um, but I'm finally slowing down now. <laughs> Yay. And I realized that we are recording on Galentine's Day. We are recording on Galentine's Day, and this episode is going up on Galentine's Day. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and tomorrow's Valentine's Day, the day of love. So yeah. everything is cool and fun and fresh there. Um, and then other than that, I've been freelancing a ton writing a ton and I started a part-time job at a yoga studio so I've been doing that too uh, which has been fun and stressful so if anyone is looking to hire a writer or an editor I am here <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's pretty much all that's going on with me what's going on with you um well I um, I went on a date. Mm-hmm. That went well. Um, what else is going on? Um, <laughs> I'm running a giveaway on my poetry page and my my personal Instagram and my poetry page on both of them. Um. Yeah for my latest poetry book you can win to enter to win an autographed copy of my latest poetry book a work in protest um if you want to enter you can go over to my personal page coley marie x and look for the um giveaway post and follow the instructions and enter it um, you have a very high chance of winning because there's only two entries so far. So, and I think one of them is me. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, that's pretty much all that's up with me. Um, I live a boring life, so. It's not that boring. I think that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, like, you got to go on a date, and it was fun, and that's more than a lot of people can say. Yeah. That's true. You know? Well, should we jump into things? Yes, we shall. Okay. <laughs> so, um, earlier this month, Mariska posted a Instagram photo of her laying on the ground in her closet, it looks like, um, with a mask over her face, 
so you can't see her face, but there's this red glow emitting from it. It's a red light facial, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's safe. Um, It's not going to harm her in any way. I know someone called it unnatural. Um, But the red light facial actually has some really good health health benefits. um, Including like anti-aging benefits so it's safe i promise (laughs) (laughs) and she trimmed her hair she didn't take a lot off of it she trimmed her hair (laughs) and if any of you know anything about the svu fandom which i'm assuming a lot of you do people lost their damn shit Mariska's hair is always a topic of conversation. Yes. No but, matter how, like, you can tell what season of the show we're in based on her hairstyle. Yes. So everyone, like, takes it personally when she changes it. Yes. But since, like, season 14, it's been, don't touch the scissors, Mariska. Mm-hmm. And, you know? Um, because we like her with that long hair. Yeah. Is though she bleaches her hair, she dyes her hair, and she has pretty fine hair. Like mm-hmm. just looking at her. I've never touched her hair, but just <laughs> looking at her, she has pretty fine hair. So she has to trim it occasionally to keep her hair healthy. Mm-hmm. So she trimmed it. She didn't cut it. She We didn't go back to season 15 where she cut off a good chunk of length. <laughs> I think her face just looks better when she has a little bit of a longer look. Oh, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but she, um, she took off maybe an inch or two. And that's yeah, it. it's not that deep. It's not that deep. Mm-mm. And... Even if she whacked it off, like, it's her hair, you know? Yeah. So I just, and and wasn't there a time in the show where she cut it short and they were really mad about it? Or did I imagine that? No, there was. She almost got fired for it. I remember that. The season two haircut. (laughs) The season two haircut. See what I'm saying? (laughs) Yep. Ugh. She, she invited uh the hairstylist on set back to her house to um trim her hair a little bit and uh apparently wine was involved (laughs) and the next thing she knew she had like no hair yeah and she was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) This is not going to be good because we're right in the middle of shooting an episode and I can't have this hairstyle. Yeah. And she almost got fired for it, but she didn't, so. And she made it work. Yep. That's very Marishka of her. Yes. Um, Speaking of, like, SVU cast members, Ice-T's wife Coco joined OnlyFans. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I've seen like a little bit on Twitter about it, but you were the one that actually told me. Um, and I just think that very much fits for her personality. If you have ever seen Coco and her life, I think it kind of tracks. But people are mad about it because she's a mother and some other things. But I I personally don't see a problem with it. I don't either. Um as long as she's, you know, safe, sane, and consensual, mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with it. And I don't think Ice does either. No. Or he doesn't seem to, anyway. He doesn't seem to. No. And I think it's, like, empowering for her. Yeah. And she's never shied away from embracing her sexuality and things like that, so I think it's very on track with who she is. And um, get that bag, though. <laughs> yeah. 
you know we don't and- know exactly what she's posting on OnlyFans. we don't know if she's posting you know fully nude stuff we don't know if she's posting only in lingerie mm-hmm. you know and uh, some people utilize OnlyFans for things other than sexually sex. based content so yeah. we don't know but we're not judging either way yeah i just think it's interesting that so many people have opinions about it um because I think it's her life and she can do what she wants, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, they seem to be really great parents. So, like, I don't think it affects her parenting. Yeah. I mean, I can understand the argument of she's a mother now. Because what happens when um, Chanel grows up and is in high school and possibly stumbles on to pictures or videos of her mother. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't know. I can understand where it's coming from, but I don't agree with it. Yeah. I, I think I'm kind of in the same position, especially on the heels of, uh, Pamela Anderson's documentary that just came out. Yeah. Um, on Netflix, not sponsored, but would love to be. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Pamela Anderson person. And in the new documentary, um, her son, one of her sons, calls her when the Pam and Tommy show came out on Hulu. Again, not sponsored. Um, and they're like, it's happening in real time. And he's talking about how the show is portraying his literal parents. Yeah, sexualizing his literal mother and all this stuff and he told her he was like I watched it and it was too hard for me and he's he's about my age right Mm -hmm. and um he says that he called his younger brother and told him he's not allowed to like he shouldn't watch the show because it was so like upsetting for them yeah and um that's not the point of the documentary it's a small part of it but it was impactful to me because I had never really thought about how that affects the the kids yeah um because pamela has never she's another amazing human being that's never shied away from her sexuality not even for a minute but she did make the conscious decision to bring children into this world knowing that that all existed yeah um so i think like it's more of a a choice and i think coco and ice do a great job of keeping Chanel kind of away um and I think as long as they're having like these conversations with her and knowing that like her parents are public figures and everything because Ice has done some questionable things in life you know yeah um I think maybe there's a way to do it yeah and it's not like Chanel is his first child either yeah he has at least two others if not more we don't know that or we don't know (laughs) so I don't know I think it comes down to the parents and being open and honest and having those conversations with her as she gets older yeah Um, because it's kind of the world we live in now yeah I don't know but irregardless I don't think people should be hating so intensely on Coco I don't think she deserves it not at all yeah but anyway that's our cast news (laughs) yeah let's get into some podcast stuff yeah um so i'm not gonna say everything here but i do just want to let you guys know that coley and i have something cooking up in the ways of a potential giveaway for the podcast so i'm mentioning it now so you can keep your ears peeled for the next episode where we will formally announce it Mm-hmm. Um, and later on in the show, I'll get more into this, but the giveaway will primarily be on our Instagram at SVU Coven. So if you are not already following, make sure you go follow us over there so you can keep your eyes peeled also for when the giveaway goes live. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> and just putting it out there, this is in no way affiliated with my giveaway that I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. It was funny because when you brought your giveaway up, I forgot for a second and I thought you were already talking about this one. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. And then I was like, never mind, never mind. 
<laughs> I was like, no, no, we're not there. <laughs> but yes, um, Coley's doing a separate giveaway. Please go enter that. It's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, our giveaway is coming later. So yeah. free stuff, you guys. Go enter. <laughs> yes. And my giveaway ends tomorrow. Yes. So on Valentine's Day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, in case you didn't know, we have a coffee. A coffee. <laughs> um, what that is, is a virtual tipping platform. So, you can go on there and you can tip us a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, however much you want. And we will automatically get that money. And then uh, we can split it between us. And it would really help us out because we both need money. <laughs> well, we're also just both like in this weird in-between job situation. Yeah. Uh, but it is in no way a requirement. We are just happy that you guys are here. But we do appreciate the energy exchange if you'd like to donate to the show. Yes. Yeah. Um, speaking of. Moving right along, other things you can do if you want to get involved with the show is obviously follow us on Instagram, especially if you want to enter our giveaway. We'll be giving out some cool stuff, uh, and that's SVU Coven on Instagram. While you're there, you can hop the link in our bio, and it pretty much has all things SVU Coven in there, but one thing I would like to point out is our Discord server. It's free. It's a cool way to connect with us a little bit more intimately. It kind of reminds me of like AOL Instant Messenger mixed with Slack. Uh, There's a bunch of different channels in there. You can book tarot readings with us. You can talk about SVU with us. You can hop in a voice channel and chat. It's just a cool way to build community. And I'm really interested in growing the coven over there. So you can... Get to our Discord through the link in our Instagram bio. If you're not a social media person, you can also shoot us an email for it. Uh, It's svucoven at Mm gmail.com. Likewise, if you're interested in being on the show, sponsoring the show, have anything you want to talk to us about on the show, shoot us an email there as well. Coley does check our email, so somebody is reading them, and they share them with me, so we both see them. Um, And we love getting emails from you guys. We've gotten some sweet ones in the past. So uh, it would be really cool and fun and fresh if you shot us an email, followed us on Instagram, joined the Discord, anything like that. But if none of those mediums speak to you, we're just happy that you're here listening with us. Yes. Yeah. So this is your episodic reminder to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, rating and subscribing are the most important. They tell the algorithm that you like us and that you listen to us, and they will then recommend us to other people who will hopefully listen and like us. Um, reviewing is just really nice. We lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts, and the last time I checked, we're still we're still sitting at one. Yes. And we will read the reviews out on the podcast, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate the energy exchange. Oh, also, I think, um, is Spotify still doing that questions thing? Yes. Okay. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot also, but yes, that. <laughs> um, so there will be a question if you're listening on Spotify um, to interact with us. Um We haven't decided what the question for this episode will be yet, but we'll figure that out before this episode goes live and you can answer it and we'll read your answers out on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Super exciting. All right. Shall we jump into our episode? Yes. Okay, cool. So this is our self-love affirmation. If you are driving or operating heavy machinery, please don't close your eyes and also remember to breathe. Yes. But if you are just chilling, I want you to take a moment, close your eyes, and take three deep breaths for me in through your nose and out through your mouth. And then once you're in a kind of relaxed state, I want you to say, abundance is my birthright. 
And I actually got this affirmation from Hot High Priestess on Instagram. I think she's fairly popular on TikTok as well. Um, but it's kind of an homage to lucky girl syndrome, which I know is like the manifestation technique uh, that's popping off right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think often, at least for me, my thoughts go into a pattern of lacking rather than um, bringing in positive things. Like I tend to think very negatively. So yeah. Something that I got from Hot High Priestess, hi Sarah, if you're listening to this, is that we can reframe our negative thoughts to be more positive ones, and in doing so, we invite more positive things. And so something as simple as saying, I'm abundant, or abundance is my birthright, or I'm the luckiest girl, things like that, will help you rework and re- and unlearn some bad habits, making them into good habits. Um, so this is something I say to myself every single day to try to invite good things towards me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and my may- therapist, um, my therapist says all the time to me that using like negative self-talk is bad because mm-hmm. even if it's a joke, your brain doesn't know the difference. Yes. And I like to manifest by bringing things from the mental to the physical in particular, because when I leave stuff in my brain, it tends to be very negative. So even if that's writing something down or saying it out loud, you're taking it from the mental and putting it out in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously you want to attempt to believe it, but if you don't, it's still the practice of unlearning the negative self-talk. Yeah. So either way, I think it's a good thing because whatever you're putting out there is what the universe is hearing, you know? Yes. So abundance is your motherfucking birthright. Believe it and repeat that to yourself when you need a little reassurance. Yes. All right. It is time. (laughs) It's time. It is time. I was telling Coley uh, earlier today that I always get the good munch episodes because I'm a munchkin, but it keeps happening to me. It's like per chance that I get these. (laughs) So I'm really excited to jump into this episode. Um, And it's funny because this episode was actually supposed to be my turn to write the notes for. Yeah. And Um, I despise this episode. So... (laughs) And so I just offered to take it, not even thinking about which one it was when I said I would take it. And then I started playing it today and I was like, of course. Like, yeah, I always get the good munch character development episodes. Yeah, but it's okay because he's my favorite character. All right. So we are covering season two, episode 18 of Law and Order SVU Manhunt. Our summary today comes from IMDb, not sponsored, but would love to be. See, look, manifesting in the world. Yep, manifesting. (laughs) Detectives Munch and Tutuola become increasingly frustrated as they follow a brutal pair of kidnappers who rape and murder their victims. And even when they get their men, they end up in a legal dispute with the Canadian authorities. I also find it funny how, like, all the characters seem to despise Canada. Like, <laughs> it's like an added energy, like an undertone. As soon as Canada comes up, they're like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't know why. It just makes me giggle. Yeah. All right. So we open on this guy and a girl leaving uh, from where they're at. He asks the girl if they can continue to go out for drinks. And it's definitely a little flirty, little datey kind of energy. She says no and turns around to leave. And he's kind of kicking himself for, um, you know, like shooting his shot and saying something stupid, as we all do. Um, He turns around and sees that she's getting essentially kidnapped, taken. And he goes in to try to save her. He gets punched. And then the guy drives away with Annie in the car. Mm -hmm. Munch and Finn are called to the scene. The reason for that is because they found, um, like tissues with chloroform in it the only witnesses were the guy himself and a good samaritan 
Munch uh, finds a link to a previous perp from a case about a year prior. Their MOs were about the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, there's a really loud car driving next to me. (laughs) Munch finds, or Munch remembers a previous case he had worked on, connects the perp with this case. Uh, The guy's name is Marty. Um, uh, Sorry, Munch was interviewing witnesses and one of the witnesses' names is Marty. He says that he had never really seen the guy before, but he noticed that um, when the guy had been around that had taken Annie, he had a an like unconventional cat tattoo on his arm. Mm-hmm. So like not just like your everyday run of the mill cat tattoo, like a kind of weird one of it like scratching through his arm and stuff. It looks like a specially done piece kind of thing is what they're getting at. Yeah. Then we done done. We done done. So, Cragen says that Munch is right. Elliot and Olivia um, and Cragen fill Alex in on the case. They thought that the stalker from um, a year prior had completely stopped because it had been so long. Munch comes in saying he's been doing interviews all night, mostly because Cragen thought he was coming in late, but actually he had worked overnight. Alex said the DA is trying to send Munch help on this case because Munch is still the primary if it's linked to the previous case. Mm-hmm. Cragen says that no one is blaming John for not catching the guy a year ago, but you can tell that Munch is physically upset. <laughs> like He just is very solemn about this and defensive. He initially refuses help, but Cragen pushes for it. Munch is still kind of on the defense. Um, and tells Cragen that Finn is with the sketch artist. Mm-hmm. Munch fills Alex in about the last case he had found, or there was a girl named Sarah, and she was abandoned in, in a warehouse uh, that had essentially been a sex torture room. And I would like to point out here that we are not kink-shaming. No. Very big difference um, in someone that actually hurts other people without their consent and someone that hurts people with their consent. Yes. Uh, They couldn't match the DNA and the guy had disappeared. So the case had essentially been kind of put to the side. I don't know if it was necessarily a cold case at this point, but just not focused on um, until now. They get a hit um, for a guy named Frank that works at the fish market. So Munch and Finn go to the fish market. And the weirdest thing, or like Finn is like, who would want to work somewhere like this? And Munch was like, oh, I worked here at this specific fish market when I was a kid. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) Never mentioned that before, but now we know. Didn't that come out when, like... Finn was like, oh, it stinks. I'm never going to get this out of my clothes. And he's like, yeah, you just need so-and-so and such-and-such. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you just need, like, um, the- I forget what he says, but he's like, this will fix it. This will make the smell go away. And then yeah. I think Finn is like, well, who would work here? And Munch is like, me. I worked here. <laughs> I love them together. Yeah. Um, but they walk in, and of course, Olive, the manager, the owner, or what have you, knows Munch, um, goes up, introduces him to Finn, and then um, they send him, or the guy sends Munch and Finn to Frank. Frank gets pissed by being interrogated and pushes Finn into some fish, and Finn arrests him, and then Munch makes another joke about what Finn needs to, to get the fish smell off of him. Yeah. Uh, in interrogation, they talk about Frank's tattoo because he has that unique cat tattoo on his arm. Finn accuses Frank of grabbing somebody new. Um, but ultimately, they don't really think that Frank is the one. Um, Munch and Finn try to make the case anyway, but they don't have enough evidence. Cragen says to call all the witnesses from the previous case in this case, including Sarah from the last one. Munch is really reluctant to do that because he doesn't want to re-traumatize her. Mm-hmm. But it seems as if there's no choice. So uh, the witnesses try to ID Frank, but they aren't sure since they only got good looks at his tattoo. Um, 
I think they mentioned it prior, but I wrote it down here because it was the first time that I realized it. But they're referring to the previous case as the Bowery Stalker. Mm-hmm. So now they call in Sarah to do an ID. Munch talks to her about it. Um, she isn't able to identify anyone and says that her uh, assailant is not there. Sarah confides in Munch and she says that she's on disability because she struggles to leave her house without falling apart because she lives in fear. Um, Munch basically apologizes and said he wouldn't have asked her to come unless he didn't have a choice. Yeah. And, and that's kind of it's, true. Yeah. It's really important to note that oftentimes going through the penal system or the justice system, whatever you want to call it, um, is very re-traumatizing for victims because they have to tell their story over and over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's if anything is even done at all. Right. Um, And it has to be so terrifying to do a lineup, too. I Um, would imagine so, yes. Yeah. So, um, something I love about John is he respects the system, but he also apologizes for the system. Yeah. So, um, he's very sensitive towards Sarah this entire episode. Um, so Sarah goes in to make the ID. I already touched on this, but she has a very physical reaction. She starts to get very upset. And then she says to Munch that he's not there. Munch and Finn take Sarah back home and she thanks them for the ride. And Munch is like visibly pissed that he had to put her through all of that. Yeah. From here, Munch and Finn go to the tattoo shop where that unique tattoo is from. And one of the guys there said that a big fellow with a beard who came in to get that tattoo, they let Munch and Finn take the like sketch of the tattoo. Mm hmm. Um, they link it to Daryl Kern, who was just discharged from the army in 1999. They go to Daryl's apartment with a squad and a search warrant. They break into the apartment and around you can see there are big American flags, lots of weapons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they look at his, um, like driving history, I think. Mm -hmm. And they found that he takes the same route and he's going on the same route over and over and over and over. Um, So they now have, you know, a trail to follow, I guess, for lack of a better expression. Um, Munch and Finn explain to the team about the route and everything that they found. Essentially, every time that Daryl is going on this trip, at least seven women per trip are going missing. Cragen tells Munch and Finn that it's their turn to go on a road trip. And we cut to them arriving to the town that um, they're following Daryl's route to. And my favorite thing ever is Munch gets out of the car and he's like, riding with you is like taking a four hour spin on the tilt-a-whirl. Because <laughs> Finn was driving. And then they make a bunch of jokes about how Munch should have Dramamine and stuff throughout the episode. Yeah. And I just think that's a little funny, like... Finn's a bad driver. (laughs) Um, They go to talk to the chief of police in the small town that they are in, um, that Daryl is taking trips to. Something I want to point out here that is um, kind of infuriating to me, but also painfully accurate, is how the chief of police is a little bit racist about Finn being there. Yeah. Yeah. he does. Finn introduces himself as Detective Tutuola, and the chief of police basically is like, I can't say that. And Finn's like, just call me Finn. And then later when he's introducing Finn to somebody else, he like just totally forgot to even say Finn and looks at Ice-T like, help. And Ice-T's like, just call me Finn or whatever. And it just irritates me, I think, because it's kind of familiar to me. Yeah. Living in Georgia and stuff. It's very accurate towards that small, primarily white town culture. Um, Yeah. So I'm not necessarily mad at it because I think it's kind of accurately portraying. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to note it so that I wasn't 
like disregarding it if that makes sense it's the same up here where i live yeah so yeah i just didn't want to uh jump past that scene without at least acknowledging that it is very racist in nature yeah um but from here they tell the chief that they think daryl is hiding in this town the chief says if he is there he's keeping a low profile because he pretty much knows everybody Munch says that they don't need to unpack right now and they want to get going on the investigation and they leave with uh, an officer. One guy in town says that Daryl likes to hunt. He's always buying like firearms and things like that and that he might have a lady friend with him. They say he's a regular at George's Guns and Ammo. That's where he liked to hang out, like to shop. So they go uh, to the gun store and the owner says that Daryl goes by a different name and he knows him as Coakley. And that's the person that comes in and that he's well stocked, meaning that he purchased a lot of products from Georgia's Guns and Ammo. Um, the owner's name is Jordy. He is very reluctant to give out any information. He's very anti-government and very pro-gun. And I think this is more commentary on small town lifestyle. Yeah. And conservative energy. Yep. Um, evidently. The place where I get my piercings actually right around there is a gun shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's pretty much one on every corner around here. Yeah. <laughs> um. Evidently, the name Coakley belongs to a dead guy who passed away about seven months ago. Uh, so now the government is getting more concerned and involved, especially because we have firearms at play here. And um, he's buying them essentially illegally. Finn complain. Oh, cut to their hotel room. Okay. And Finn is like complaining over and over that he has to share a room with Munch. And I, I forgored. I foregored that they aren't technically like bestie besties yet. Yeah. Because they've only been working together for a little less than a year. And Munch even points this out because Finn starts like talking to him about his time in narcotics. And Munch says, eight months of the cold shoulder. And now I can't shut you up. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like a heart to heart about why Munch left homicide and Finn left narcos. It's kind of the first time you hear Finn talk about what's happened to him. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a runner throughout the show because it comes up a few more times. Um, but essentially, Finn's partner died on the job and that's why he left narcotics. Um, right? That's what happened? I think so. I think so, too. I, it's, I've seen it so many times, I can't even remember. But I, um, that's, what they're, and that's what they're talking about. And then Munch talks about why he left Homicide, which if you guys know, he was in the original Mothership Law and Order as John Munch. Yes. Um, and I believe so, he was in Homicide Life on the Street, too. Mm, so that's what he's, they're referencing there with this, like, bonding scene. Um, however, the boys get interrupted because Elliot calls and says that they found blueprints for a bomb shelter. Um, and then Munch looks at Finn and he's like, give me the phone book. And Finn picks up the phone book and throws it to him. And I was like, ah, that really dates the show, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> like the phone book. Like, <laughs> oh, I miss it. Anyway, um, the federal agents come in now. ATF is in now. They're officially involved. Munch gets defensive and says this is his case and it takes precedent uh, due to the victims. They interview the guy who built the bunker for Daryl and he gives them the location of where he built it. Munch and Finn plus the local police plus ATF go to that location. The bunker is right next to a cabin where they're assuming Daryl is living. The chief comes up from the inside of the bunker and looks distraught. Munch and Finn go down to investigate, and they find a dead girl on the floor. It's Annie from the beginning of the episode. And then they look around and see all the torture devices. Again, not kink-shaming. It's a matter of consent here. Yeah. So, as they're 
going around the property, they, at this point in time, they found 15 bodies so far buried in shallow graves. The snow is slowing them down a little bit, so it is still winter time. Um, it seems as though Daryl had left uh, about an hour before they got there. Emmy runs through a list of things that happened to Annie. I didn't even write them all down because they were so many, uh, but she was definitely tortured before she was killed mm -hmm. um, as, as well as sexually assaulted. Uh, the police found a log in Daryl's home. It's essentially a journal of pretty much all of, all of the things that he does. <laughs> it kind of reads like a list of things he needs to get done, but it's written not in code, but there's a lot of military language used. Yeah. Um, so looks less uh, bad almost because it's like he's softening it. I don't know, but it, it's how he's communicating with it. Yeah. Um, and from there, they've gathered that he definitely has a partner that is working with him in his endeavors and that he's headed back to the city. Uh, Munch and Finn tell Cragen what's going on. They think his partner is a buddy from the army. Cragen says he can hook them up with somebody to talk to that would give them more information. And Munch and Finn go to interview the army guys. Daryl had been discharged because he had a problem with authority. Uh, the final straw was when Daryl killed a squirrel to use the squirrel's hide as a hat and cook the squirrel meat in the food he was making in the kitchen. Uh, he was diagnosed with an antisocial personality disorder and discharged from the army. Um, he only had one friend, and it was the guy that would deliver the dry goods uh, to the kitchen. So that guy's name is Marvin. Uh, he's in the National Guard on the weekends, according to his boss. And he goes about once a month. Munch and Finn ask his boss for his permanent address. And then they head towards that house in which the funniest scene of the episode happens, in my opinion. Because <laughs> they're banging on this door saying, Marvin, it's the police, like, come out. And they hear the door start to unlock and all of the officers pull a gun towards the door. And when they when the door opens, it's just this little elderly lady like in a cardigan and she's just standing there. But what's funny to me is she's not even scared. She's just like, oh, hello. <laughs> like, are you a friend of Marvin's? <laughs> and I just can't even imagine that being my reaction. <laughs> but we find out uh, as the little elderly lady is making them some tea that she's actually Marvin's Aunt Mary. His father killed his mother when he was very young, so she took him in and raised him as her own. Um, he was part of the army, and she pulls out this, like, book that almost looks like a portfolio or, like, a photo book or something like that. That's Marvin's. Um, and uh, they... I can't remember if it's Munch or Finn, but they open it and then they discover a picture of Marvin with his friend Daryl. And they realize that Marvin is actually one of the witnesses, Marty, from Annie's kidnapping. So now they have an ID. Um, and a picture of Daryl also. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Finn gets a tip that... They're headed towards Canada. We officially know Marty is Marvin. The squad debates the game plan, and Olivia pulls Marvin's phone records. Um, I was laughing so hard as I was doing the notes because I picked up my coffee mug to take a sip of my coffee, and at the same moment, Cragen took a sip of his coffee. <laughs> and That's I, funny. I didn't even plan it. <laughs> That's hysterical. I was like, it's like we're having coffee together. <laughs> Look at us go. We're so cute. <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Anyway, via the cell phone records, they were able to track the way that Marvin is going. They also get a tip that he has a mother and child with him. ATF says that they might be able to surprise him uh, once they get towards his house because from the house, you can't see anything until you hit the driveway. So essentially it's going to be like a 
ambush is the wrong word, but kind of an ambush. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but uh, they head towards the house. Munch opens a barn door and just looks pissed, really, uh, because Marvin is hanging there. And I wrote, Marvin is big dead. Um, <laughs> sees that Marvin is big dead. He's hanging there. He's got cell phones taped to him and he's bleeding. It appears that he has hung himself. Um, at this point in time, Daryl still has the mother and child. And then Finn gets a call and gets a tip that Daryl had been arrested for shoplifting. Um, and Munch is really pissed about this. And I'm kind of inclined to agree because that's why Daryl's getting brought in, you know? Yeah. Um, so Munch and Finn go to talk to Daryl most likely, but they run into Alex there before they can get there. And keep in mind, they are in Canada at this point. Uh, Munch and Finn go to talk to the mother and daughter. Um, Alex is also with them, I should point out. Daryl had taken her. He had a knife and had pressed it against her ribs and told her to move. And then he threatened to kill her daughter. He held the knife to her back and led her to the door. He asked an older woman for directions and then killed the woman and then killed her husband Marvin came later and Daryl took him out to the barn. The woman says that she heard screams and Daryl came back covered in blood. They got back into the truck to go to Canada. Um, he said he would kill her and her daughter and essentially that the police were stupid and he had been ahead of them the entire time. So the importance here of this conversation is kind of twofold to me um, because you... I now know that Marvin did not kill himself and Daryl actually murdered him, but also that Daryl very much thinks that the police are stupid, um, which is kind of another gut punch to Munch, in my opinion. Yeah. So Munch leaves the room. He's talking to Alex. Alex says they've got X amount of evidence, but she really needs a confession. Munch says that he wants to be alone with Daryl. Yes. And I thought that was a good cliffhanger for our next thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now is the spell of the week. Mm -hmm. um, for February 13th, which is Monday, which is today. Um, the color of the day is ivory. The incense of the day is lily. And this is called magical third eye. This is a simple spell designed to enhance your ability to be to in to be influential in all situations. To begin, find a comfortable place to sit where you will not be disturbed. Relax and close your eyes. Let your mental focus fix upon your third eye, the area essentially in the middle of your forehead, and envision that a large glowing eye opens there, radiating power and light. This light is the light of your third eye chakra. Set the intention that this light will continually shine forth, granting you greater authority and influence, and that it will continually draw in light from the universe to maintain its strength. When you feel ready, say, the third eye opens, and with its great gaze, shall influence, fascinate, enchant, and amaze. Universal light empowers for me this flowering gift, so mote it be. Open your eyes and it is done. By Michael Fury. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that we do the little, or that you do the little spell of the days. Yeah. I think it's a cool little happy thing. I yeah. like to do it. Um, yeah. I'm really glad that I got the spell a day almanac yeah i ever since you've told me about it i've been like oh i want one <laughs> <laughs> i love stuff like that well thank you for sharing that absolutely all right so the moment you've all been waiting for <laughs> munch goes in to interrogate daryl i put this in the notes but i think i might be a little biased but i said this is richard belzer's moment 
Like, what a good fucking actor. He's so talented. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason I think that this is a great scene for him is that his facial expressions say the most. Um, Because Munch, like, doesn't always have, like, facial expressions, you know? But you can tell that this situation is something that's very important to him. So Daryl tells Munch that Marvin served a purpose but essentially acts like they had no true emotional, like, connection or friendship. Uh, The guy that owned the cabin Daryl was staying at, he killed him, and he was a friend of Marvin's. So basically, we have a confession to at least one death, Mm -hmm. one murder. Uh, He made the bunker because he didn't like to eat where he worked. So he tortured and killed people in the bunker so he didn't have to do it in the house which is disgusting. Yeah. Munch says that they found 18 bodies so far and asked how many bodies there are total. Daryl says that would be telling, which essentially pisses Munch off. And then he's like, Munch, you should be used to this, you know, because of the mm-hmm. nature of your job. Um, then he says to Munch, every time he heard one of his victims scream, he laughed at Munch's expense because he thought it was funny that he was ahead of Munch the whole time. Then Daryl points out to him, uh, Munch basically says that Daryl would be on death row, but uh, he points out to Munch that because they're in Canada, the only way to get Daryl arrested for this level of a crime is to waive the death penalty. Um, Munch didn't know this. Because he, he leaves in anger, And Alex basically explains how the law works. But she says, Munch, you've done your job. You got me the confession that I needed. Let me do my job. Yeah. Alex is a badass. (laughs) Not up for debate. This scene is actually my favorite scene in the episode. Like I courtroom? But the courtroom is my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah. So, essentially, Alex does her lawyer magic and finds us a motherfucking loophole. This badass. Um, Alex reassures Munch, and she goes to duke it out in the court. Um, She goes after a stolen property charge rather than charging Daryl with all the murders because he will be shipped back to America for that one. Mm Mm-hmm. And as soon as he crosses the border, Alex can charge him with a capital crime. So, essentially, Alex won that. And she's amazing. And we love her. So, Daryl is escorted out. As soon as he crosses over into American soil, Alex has Munch and Finn arrest him. Finn is actually the one that cuffs him and turns him around. But as... Daryl is moving towards Munch. Daryl and Munch lock eyes, and it is the most intense eye contact I've ever seen in my life. And then yeah. they're face to face, and Munch says, Welcome home, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be the Munch banger of the episode. Um, and then Munch thanks Alex for everything she did. From here, John goes to talk to Sarah. And he goes to her apartment. And this is the final line of the episode. And I think it just really hits. But Munch looks at Sarah and says, I just want to tell you, you can turn your lights out tonight. And Sarah doesn't even say anything. She just closes the door. And then we dig Wolf. Yeah. I just think it's so powerful. And um, definitely a cool way to end the episode. But also, so much character development for Munch and Munch and Finn as a unit in this episode. Yeah, definitely. Before we hop into your reading, though, uh, would you like to explain why this is not your favorite episode? (laughs) So, I don't like this episode. Hold on, let me put my cards back in the box. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. I don't like this episode because it just seems to drag on for me. Mm-hmm. It feels like it takes two hours to watch an hour-long episode and not in a good way. Like, you know how there's, like, really good episodes that f- you feel take, like, two hours, but they only take the hour? hmm This one is not that. 
Yeah, it is a very slow burn of an episode. Yeah. And I think it's because the peak doesn't happen until towards the end. Yeah. Normally they hit, like, the highest point in the middle. But this one, you don't hit it until way later because they're spending a lot of time packing in this, like, munch character development. Yeah. Um, And you can see this in newer episodes to me because the new episodes go fast. They do. They go so fast. Like... Over the past few years, it's, like, quick, and there's less um, storytelling about the characters, and it's more focused on the cases. Yeah. Um, Except for really recently, because ever since Chris Maloney's been back, we've had a lot of banter in the EO realm of things. That's what we didn't talk about in the intro. Yeah, well, I realized we talked about it a little bit uh, on our last episode. Oh, did we? Yeah, for the Life Update episode. I think we talked about, like, the episode that was coming. Mm, yes. And didn't talk about what actually happened. Well, we'll t- we can talk about it more maybe the next episode then. Yeah. But yes, other than, like, some EO stuff in the recent episodes, they go a lot faster. And I think it's to avoid episodes like this that are, that drag on. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so that's our show. Um, While Coley is shuffling their cards, I'm just going to remind everybody that we are on Instagram at SVU Coven. We would love it if you followed us over there. We'll post our updates, giveaways, pretty much everything over there first. So if you want to keep up with the Coven, that's the best place to do it. However, if Instagram is not a medium that speaks to you, we also have a Discord server where you can more intimately talk to us. There is a link to that in our Instagram bio, or you can email us at svucoven at gmail.com, and we will send you a fresh link. They do expire after seven days, so you want to get in there as soon as you can. However, if it is expired and you still want to join, reach out to us and we'll send you a new link. Um, That said, if you want to sponsor the show beyond the show, talk to us in any way you can always email us at svucoven at gmail.com coley does check the emails regularly so somebody will be responding to you and we appreciate the energy exchange yes yeah i'm just trying to find this card in my guidebook was it a jumper um no actually i didn't have any jumpers this time (laughs) um but I couldn't, the guidebook, or the cards aren't numbered, Mm. so I had to figure out where it was in my guidebook, because I'm working with an Oracle deck today. Gotcha. Um, I'm working with the Work Your Light Oracle deck um, by Rebecca Campbell, and artwork by Danielle Noel, Mm. and the card I pulled was Akasha. Your guidance is divinely guided. Akasha exits the fifth dimension and the library of souls. All soul contracts, history, gifts, lesson, and more exist here. We each have access to this information of the past, present, and future, and can tap into it at at any time. While we have free will, there are also points on the timeline of our lives that are predestined or preplanned. Soul contracts are agreements that were made before incarnating. It could be a company you choose to work for, a relationship you plan to have, or a person you agree to mentor or help. Whatever it is, know that it is divinely guided and will not bypass you. If you are waiting for a sign to proceed, this card is it. You are likely living out an important part of your soul's journey, and you are exactly where you need to be. This is very exciting indeed. It is time to call in the support of your helpers, both in the physical realm and the spirit world, to trust the signs coming, to take note of your dreams, to notice any feelings or visions that you receive, for you are tapping into the wisdom of the Akasha, and you are being given the go-ahead to proceed. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this one was... A good one for this episode um because i feel like um 
the card was like meant for Munch helping Sarah out. Yeah. Yeah. And also what we were talking about uh, with the self-love affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. It all kind of came together, huh? It did. The cards never lie. They do not. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So this is another reminder to rate, review, and subscribe. Rating and subscribing are the most important. They tell the algorithm that you are listening to us and that you like us. And we'll hopefully recommend it to other people who will hopefully listen to and like us as well. Um, Reviewing is just really nice. Um, We lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts. Um, We will read out any reviews on the show. Um, Good, bad, or indifferent. We appreciate the energy exchange. And there, if you listen on Spotify, if you scroll down on the page, there's a question that you can answer. And we will um, read every answer out on the show. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Well, that's our show. That's our show. Okay. Well, I love you and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Love you too. Blessed be. Blessed be.